0: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty, with your host, Brian McWilliams. Ooh, doggy! Oh, boy. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land 262 wherein I will get into Don't Look Up, the movie that has, surprisingly, surprisingly? I'm speaking like like Sean Connery to start this episode. Surprisingly, isn't that shitty? Uh, It's not bad, but I'll give you the good and the bad, because it's got the classic progressive uh, hypocrisy blindness and ignorance to irony uh, in what they're preaching and insofar as what they believe and what they're targeting. But before I get to that, guys, I want to tell you about a wonderful sponsor that has been a longtime favorite of mine in the show and should be a favorite of yours, especially to protect your investments. And that is, of course, I Trust Capital. I Trust Capital is the number one IRA, crypto-based IRA, Roth or regular, on the marketplace, over 1,500 reviews on Trustpilot and backed up with two different insurers, crypto-specific insurers to keep your investment safe, make sure you're not gonna get hacked and lose that like you might on an exchange. But I Trust Capital is not just an IRA or a Roth IRA wherein your assets are protected. You can protect them from the government taking that big tax chunk out later on in your retirement or optionally, you can use... I trust capital as a trading platform. They've got the lowest transaction fees in the industry. They've got 25 plus cryptos on there. They're adding more every time I look and they will give you $100 of free Bitcoin when you start up a new account or you port over an account because you can not only have an account there, you can bring your existing account over and on top of it all, you can also Trade in gold, trade in silver on that website. So not only get in crypto, you can also get into those metals. You can get into that basically whatever you want to hedge against this fiat currency, and God knows what's gonna happen with it. So make sure to get on that iTrust.capital forward slash lions. Make sure to use that link to take advantage of that hundred dollars free Bitcoin. I trust.capital forward slash lions. Now it's been a day, folks. It has been a day. I uh, I have been up, I've been working, you know, started early. I've got a lot of clients right now, which is great. Um, a lot of international clients. Good, right? And that's a pitch we like to make to get into the U.S. marketplace, right? We work with a lot of technology, a lot of entertainment, a lot of back-end companies. Um, you know, I just started with a company that does streaming analytics and advertising. We work with a company that, uh, one in, one that's in Detroit domestically, but of course, they're three hours ahead. We work with an AR and, and a virtual reality company in the U.K., all this means I got to get up early and I got to get on calls early, right? So apologies yeah, my good morning uh, fuckhead rant. I didn't get to do that today because I went from a call prepping at 730 on the call at eight o'clock from one call to another call to another call. Then my kid gets sent home sick from daycare. So straight out of all these calls, exhausted into taking care of sick kid who's just a terrorist. So that was fun. And then... To cap it off, right? Because I'm recording this at night. Typically, I don't. Oh, look, see, I'm, I'm so out of it. My fucking camera's not even on uh, on center here. Oh, Brian, what else can go wrong? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what else can go wrong. On top of it all, we also have the problem wherein I'm bouncing my kid, right? My kid loves to bounce on the big old bouncy ball. It keeps her happy, right? She, she bounces. We watch TV, and it's like a yoga ball. And I... I'm bouncing her on a brand new yoga ball, right? The last one went kaplui. got a brand new one two days ago, bouncing it. And as you can see, I'm holding this fucking piece of shit yoga ball right next to me. And as you can see, it's not inflated because it just popped, dropping me and my broken ass tailbone straight down on the floor. Me and my uh, sadly girthy, two hundred pounds, six foot three frame, and I got long legs. I bounce high on this ball, brand new ball pops, smashing my tailbone into the floor at uh, I'm going to estimate three hundred and fifty five miles an hour if it was one. So I am in pain. I'm tired and I'm angry, which I know is how you guys like to like to get me when I do these shows. So there you go. My previously broken tailbone from falling on it, playing peewee football, throwing a, a football in the street. So anyway, let's get into the show proper, guys. A um, lot to talk about. Like I said, I want to do, and I'm going to be doing more of this stuff. I want to get more back into the uh, the cultural side of things. So Don't Look Up came out. This is a movie that is by Adam McKay, who is a liberal dick, right? I mean, it, let's just be honest. But he's funny. He's had some hits in the past. The, you know, the films he did with uh, Adam Sandler, excuse me, <laughs> Will Ferrell. I don't know why I went off. Adam Sandler. The films he did with Will Ferrell, some of them are genius. You know, you know Step Brothers and uh, I think Anchorman was, was uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. A lot of really smashing films, right? I think the one they did, you know, Talladega Nights was also McKay and, and Will Ferrell. Really funny. Then McKay decided he was going to be a serious filmmaker, and he started churning out a bunch of crap that was extra woke. Even the comedies he wrote were pure garbage. They just got too up their own ass with the politics. And as I've said before, when you look to stand-up comedy, when you look to films, when you look to any sort of entertainment, when it gets overtly political, it stops being funny. The Daily Show is a prime example. I don't even know how The Daily Show is on. I don't know who watches it. The ratings have gone down steadily every year, year over year. But somehow it still is getting a few billion people watching it. I'm My mind is boggled. But there's no accounting for people just watching dumb jokes, obvious punchlines, or lack of punchlines. I haven't seen a, a single joke in a trailer or a preview for The Daily Show in uh, basically as long as Trevor Noah's been on the show. But yet people tune in so they can feel good about themselves, pat themselves on the back and chuckle at the idiots out there who clearly don't know what they're talking about. Now, I had similar expectations when it came to Don't Look Up. Now, Don't Look Up stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, It's got, um, God, who else is in it? It's got uh, Jonah Hill in it. And he's uh, not quite fat, not quite thin, kind of in between, which is why I like my Jonah Hills. It's got, uh, God, it's got pretty much an all star cast. I'm blanking on the name of the chick in it. She's, she's the gal who played Mystique in X Men and, uh, some other crap, Heather, Jennifer, or something. I don't really care. (laughs) I don't care enough to even look her name up. She also kind of annoys me. So it's got a great cast. And basically, the plot of this film, don't look up, is that there's an asteroid coming at Earth that's discovered by Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, this other gal, and they report it to the president, right? They rush it up. It goes to the government offices and then they get to the president's office and they kind of poo-poo it. And then it becomes this thing where even though they say they've got the empirical data to back up, this asteroid is going to hit us, right? This thing is coming. It's going to destroy the earth. It's going to end everything as we know it. It's still something where don't look up, right? Because that would mean you'd see the comet coming. There's a movement, don't look up. Now, I'm. there's going to be some spoilers. I'll try not to go into the finer details of the film. So if you haven't seen it, and you want to see it, and I do recommend you do, I enjoyed it, you can still go and and watch it. So I'll try to keep this spoiler-free, but talk you through some of the themes that I found in it that were good and bad. Because, like I said, I wouldn't have watched this film. Knowing what I know about who made it, knowing about what the film actually is supposed to be about, which is climate change, right? That's why Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. He said, oh, my God, a comedy about climate change that makes fun of conservatives. Okay, how could I say that? So that's what it was about. Without being explicitly out there about it, but I had a couple of good friends tell me, "Look, I really enjoyed this movie. You should check it out. I think you're going to like it." So, gave it a go, and I did like it. Uh, it had a lot of very funny parts in it. Jonah Hill, especially. Some of Jonah Hill's lines were very funny. Uh, you know, non political. Just he was a real dick in the film. He had some really really funny lines. You know, funny, you know, basically, he played a role in which he was Donald Trump's son in the White House, you know, as the right hand man to Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep's in as the president. And she plays a role that is basically, it really is, they did an interesting combo between a Hillary Clinton and a Donald Trump, right? She's got the braggadocio, but it's also, and this is to the benefit of the film, not making it explicitly Trump, right? They even had pictures of her uh, with Bill Clinton. And it was very clear that she was supposed to be part of this elitist, cronyist type of regime, which of course, Hillary Clinton is prominently part of. So that was to the to the credit of the film. Let me just bring up some notes here. I have some of the other good in the film. They did a good job of, the, of depicting the polarization between people and how this becomes accentuated by virtue of the media they consume. There, of course, is the far left media. There's the far right media. You know, uh, David Chickles, right? I think that's his name. David Chickles, the guy who is in. Um, the, uh, he played the thing in, in a horrible Fantastic Four movie. He was in a, a very good uh, crime show. Of course, he was the commish. So he's in it as this right-wing broadcaster who, of course, doesn't believe any of the science, yada, yada. And they've got these more left-wing kind of the view types. It's uh, Tyler Perry's in it. And again, a, a gallon blanket on her name on. The elf queen from Lord of the Rings. She's in it. And they play this kind of very banal uh, just keep everything light, you know, chitter chatter as they're trying to break the news to the world. Right. So they did an interesting job in portraying the idiocy of the media out there, how the media doesn't really care. They don't want to get into the topics and they look, they'll look facts in the face and ignore them and just preach to the audience. So they do a good job of depicting that. They did a good job of depicting the nepotism involved in these elite crony systems, how these people that are running the government are inept, right? Completely inept, how they get in the way, you know, the higher up the chain you go, the more inept it gets typically is how they're, they're portraying this. I would say that no matter where you go in the chain of government, they're all inept, but that they're slow to react that they always want to, you know, go through these processes. Oh, we'll review it. Blah, blah, blah. So they did an interesting job of portraying government as this slow lumbering incompetent object that's sitting in the way of progress. Cool. I am I'm digging that too. They also talk about uh, the corruption involved in government. Like I said, the cronyism, because a large component in this film comes when a, basically a Steve Jobs-esque or an Elon Musk-esque character comes in. Although this guy's really, I'd say far more, I don't know, Steve jobs than Elon Musk. Elon Musk has autism, but he's still kind of hip and and with it. This guy was a real wheedling, kind of nerdy weirdo guy that portrays this tech genius that's running this company called uh, it's like brax or something like that but he comes out there and basically because he is a huge donor to the president gets a lot of sway over what's happening and he involves this is basically a cell phone company that monitors with its phone technology similar to an iphone all of your heartbeats and your actions and, and through algorithms can predict what you're going to do how you're going to die even which has a funny callback at the end of the film i won't ruin for you but they did an interesting job portraying that influence of money in how politicians act. And there's a pivotal scene in the film where he impacts what happens to the entire world. And I'll tell you, it ain't positive. (laughs) So that was, they did a good job with that, painting the money aspect in politics. They also had some funny, uh, you know, funny takes on social media because we talk a lot about the context or lack of context in the current environment we're in, right? Wherein people will take a tweet, they'll take a, a, an entire interview, and they'll pull one half line out that probably makes perfect sense if you had the sentence preceding it. And we used to do a funny thing, which is one sentence earlier, Rand Paul. One <laughs> Ryan Paul, one sentence earlier to two, because Rand Paul would famously, at least in our opinion, give a great quote. And then he'd add something on the end of it that that would take take it out of context and ruin the entire quote and ruin the interview. So he'd say one sentence earlier, Rand Paul, please. But they did an interesting job portraying that because um, Jennifer, God damn it, I can't remember her name anyway. The lead chick in this, who finds this meteor, she's out there kind of going crazy, and they say over and over again she needs media training because she's just out there like a lunatic, but trying to convince people, "Look, this is coming. You're going to die." And she is mocked on social media. They take make memes of her saying, "You're all going to die." You know, "You're all going to die." They're all going to laugh at you. So they do a good job portraying social media and how you take something out of context and you put it out there and people will just glob on to whatever they already want to believe or they will get easily swayed by something that really has no pertinent, you know, no impact on the actual conversation. But. Because people are so easily distracted, sway. because that visual impact with just a simple you're all going to die and a stupid picture, and you know, they take her looking at her worst, they add googly eyes and all this crap to her to make her look like, a, you know, an even more insane cartoon character on the show, that does have a huge sway over how people react to things. I mean, that is why it's funny you see the social media crackdown on so many of the right wing memes because the left can't meme. That, you know, that phrase exists for a real reason, and it's because it's true. The left cannot meme. They get destroyed in that game. And that's why you see a lot of social media cracking down on this because the left has influence over social media and thus they exercise it accordingly. Now, I'll get to the bad in a minute because obviously in this, they're, they're showcasing it like there's, there's never any, uh, you know, social media censorship going on. But before we get to that, I'll go through a couple more good things. One of the other things that I liked about the film is that they showcased how everyone is easily corruptible, right? How power, prestige, attention can corrupt people very easily. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, I won't give you the specifics. Again, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but he gets corrupted. And I think that that is a powerful point to make. And I think that the, again, the hypocrisy that Adam McKay and Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio don't quite grasp holds true especially with this film being related to climate change so let's now transition into the bad so the bad of this is basically the blind hypocrisy so this is a film that was pretty explicitly made about climate change they don't say it But you know what that means. You know, this asteroid is supposed to be climate change. It's going to destroy the Earth. And they're saying this whole movie, oh, my God, we have the data. Don't you see this is coming? It's going to make everybody extinct. How can you deny it? How can you make light of it? How can you not see this is coming? On On and on and on. Now, the funny thing about this is that when we talk about people getting corrupted, especially within climate science, That, we've got perfect examples of. I mean, my alma mater, Penn State, one of the, uh, Michael Mann, I believe his name is, one of the top climate scientists, is, basically was exposed through uh, freedom of information requests as being behind explicit efforts because he wanted to protect his point of view, his power position, explicit emails telling journals, scientific journals Two blackball other writers, two blackball scientists, two poll papers discrediting science, even though these were absolutely factually, scientifically proven results that countered his crazy hypotheses. Because he has been on the forefront of climate scare, climate fear mongering forever. You know, he was he was working with Gore. He's one of the people that put out some of these crazy You know, like I think he was involved even with the hockey stick graph. if I'm recalling correctly, which we know is completely fucking wrong. I mean, this guy is—he he and his peers are on on the same ground as uh, was it Neil Ferguson or the, I think that's the guy's that name—the guy who came up with the initial COVID projections, right? That said, you know, four million Britons are going to die in the first three months. You know, just ridiculous, ridiculous theories with zero backup. But it shows you just how corruptible it is. And within climate science, we're seeing implicitly. How these people, just like Fauci trying to trying to uh, kibosh any other results from doctors or scientists or researchers that might go against what he's spouting, we see it in the climate movement, the same thing. They have zero intent on having any discussion uh, and in this movie, they do the same thing. There's no dis- there's no real debate or discussion about it. There's just proclamations. There's a proclamation from the people that found the asteroid. There's a proclamation from the president saying, okay, yes, this is a thing. And then a proclamation later on saying, oh, you no, know, this is it. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Which is why the don't look up thing comes to bear, right? Don't look up is what the president, Meryl Streep tells everybody. He says, there's no asteroid to worry about. Don't look up, which is they saying, of course, is with, with regards to climate. Well, if there's you know, don't research, don't look around, don't don't look at. But again, with climate, I don't even know what they'd be talking about. Don't look at what? Nothing's changing. Extreme weather events, extreme weather events are down. Don't look at what? Human deaths from from climate related incidents. Also at all time, historic lows don't, I mean, what are we not supposed to be looking at here? What the temperature is slightly raising here and there, but then, then you have other data that shows that the temperature has not been raising. And it's just, (laughs) again, it doesn't really make sense. This, this, uh, juxtaposition they're trying to do between this comet and climate, but I digress. And look, I'm not somebody that says that the climate is not changing empirically. I just don't know that it's changed to the point where these people want you to believe it, right? The people that say we have 12 years to live and then the climate's going to be ruined and, 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 A life on Earth is going to end as we know it. Instead of talking about how greenhouse gases can actually help to grow, the warming can actually help grow, help forestation, help greening of the planet, help all these different ways. They talk about sea levels rising. The sea levels have been rising every single year without fail. Every time you hear somebody say that the sea levels rose again, they're a fucking moron. The sea levels have been rising since we've been measuring them since back hundreds of years, typically uh, around a meter a year. So the hypocrisy, though, of talking about this issue and not realizing that while they're talking about climate, they're also making a perfect case in this film when you look at COVID, when you extend the media psychosis, the way in which leadership has dogmatically denied, you know, it basically preached one way forward, one solution, which is vaccination, which is lockdown, which is keeping your kids at home, which is masking up every go, despite All empirical data science that goes opposite to it. In fact, we look up, like talk about don't look up. When we talk about COVID, don't look around. Don't look around and see that everybody vaccinated and boosted that's been hiding in their house and wearing a mask everywhere has gotten COVID anyway. Don't look around and see that despite this fact, society hasn't broken down. That despite this fact, the morgues aren't overrun. The hospitals aren't aren't overrun. The ICUs aren't overrun. And now that even Fauci has admitted that, you know, the data on on kids getting sick or even people getting sick in the hospital and being in hospital with COVID versus from COVID. So this easily extends into the COVID psychosis that we know people on the left, the progressives, the very people that made this film, you know that they will never admit that they were wrong. And you know, these people all cheerlead the vaccines, they cheerlead the masks, they cheerlead the COVID psychosis, they cheerlead keeping kids at home, and they back every union of teachers that doesn't want to go back into the classroom, never mind how safe it is. So there is that deep hypocrisy. Not only that, I would say extending it into Black Lives Matter and race issues as well. When you talk about hypocrisy, when you talk about the data behind police shootings, the data behind violence on police versus you know unarmed black men, when you talk about the data of just black on black crime versus general crime, all of these things are ignored by the left because they have to have something to cause. We have to have somebody to hate. And that right now is very conveniently to say, well, let's hate white, white America. Let's hate white people. Let's blame it on them. Let's blame it on the patriarchy and let's blame it on white people and say that all the evils of society are based on them. Let's teach our children to be divisive. Let's teach our children to look into race differences rather than simply find ways to get along or view each other as people. And again, this movie, you know, don't look up, don't look up. You know, if people look up when it regards to race, you'll see that you can get along with everybody. You'll see that we don't have many differences at the end of the day. You'll see that everybody's friends with people of all races, creeds, and colors. People have been intermarrying. There's there's no lynchings going on in the world. There's no systematic racism other than what we would talk about, which is the drug war, which is the welfare state. Those are the two best examples of systematic racism I can ever think of. And those are state-sponsored, aka government sponsored. I mean, you know, it's funny when you talk about progressivism, right? Progressivism, to me, is basically when you think about a horse with blinders on, right, they get their idea in place. So let's say it's climate change. Let's say it's, again, race. Let's say it's uh, the the wage gap, which has been debunked a million times over. But You still hear people talking about how men are oppressing women and how women can't make up the difference in in wages. This is all bullshit. This is complete nonsense that's been found again and again to be untrue. And yet you keep hearing it. But, you know, with regards to climate change, it's the horse racing with these blinders on, right? And the horse is pulling a cart. And initially somebody was whipping the horse and somebody has a vision, they're driving, they say, okay, this is where we're going to go. We're going to go from here to the end of the road, right? But these progressives, they get conned into it. Maybe it's the mass formation psychosis, right? You get these progressives conned into this one worldview and they say, okay, here's my worldview. It's this very narrow tunnel vision point of view. And I've got my blinders on both sides and I'm going to keep running straight forward down this path. And if there's a cliff coming ahead, I'm not going to see it. And if the driver passes away or if the driver's a corrupt fucking asshole, I'm not going to see it. And if the cart falls off the wagon and goes tumbling into the weeds and breaks apart, I'm not going to see it. What I'm trying to accomplish, if I'm trying to pull this cart across the finish line to make the world a better place, but in the midst of that, I end up destroying millions of of people's prosperity. I end up setting humanity back decades. And for what? You don't even know because you're just racing forward and you will not let any other information in. You can't see anything else going on on either side of you. And importantly, you can't see what, let's say it's it's a race. You can't see what the other horses are. You don't know where you are in the race. Because you don't care. You have one point of view and you can't see if somebody else is doing something so much better. If the horse next to you is racing by you, they only know it after they've passed. And at that point, they're just pissed off they're losing. And I think a lot of that really comes to, you know, especially when we talk about climate. Now, in this movie, too, one of the things that really pissed me off is that they blame, you know, basically, I said the cronyism, calling out cronyism was a good thing. But they also seem to blame and set the foot and this, you know, what happens to the earth at the feet of capitalism, right? Oh my God, we, this, these capitalists and their money, they, that's all it is. They only care about money and that's evil. We have to just do things because we have to do things. The government should do things to take advantage of us, even though, as they said, they're pointing out how corrupt and inept government is, but at the same time, they're shitting all over capitalism. They're shitting all over private industries that are coming up with the most innovative ways of doing everything that are on the forefront of everything. There's nothing that government creates that is on the forefront of anything. Nothing. The only thing you could possibly argue would be NASA. And even that, I'd say, well, it it came out of wartime because, you know, these discoveries were made not even by NASA, but by other people and then adapted and utilized and altered. I mean... Everything now, the capabilities that we have to battle, even when we talk about climate change, the best technologies we have to combat climate change, the best measures that have been put into place, the evolution of our power, the evolution of our consumption, the evolution of our recycling, the evolution of everything is based upon private industries and capitalism, not from government, not from think tanks, not from stooges sitting in basement bunkers like the Soviets had, from private industry. But these people don't seem to want to acknowledge that. And they don't seem to want to acknowledge whenever something goes wrong, whenever the data points change, they can't see it. They will not acknowledge it. They simply will run straight ahead as fast as possible. Uh, now, one of the I wanted to uh, to talk about here, the negative, is that they, again, the hypocrisy really is, it weighs on me when watching this film. Because, and again, I'm trying to do this without giving away the uh, the ending, but it just is one of those things where there's they do a poor job in the film of presenting a counter-argument. Like I said, there's no debate, there's proclamations, but they don't ever showcase two sides coming together and actually having a discussion, a real discussion. And I thought that was interesting. Now, maybe that's because Adam McKay is intentionally doing that to make social commentary on how divided the country has become. And I think that the film does a good job about that, right? Of portraying the two sides. And one is very distinctly Trump side. One is very distinctly progressive side, right? But there's no progressive firebrand in it. You know, there's there's no, thank God, there's no Kamala Harris character. But they do a good job of saying, you know, these are divided sides. It's very polarized. But I couldn't help noticing that there was no scene in which anyone simply sits down and talks about why they believe what they believe, the differences. And that's something I would have liked to have seen. If they're trying to make this movie, I know it's a comedy and it's showcasing, you know, it's it's holding up the mirror to showcase how ugly things have gotten. But they also have, you know, a, a family uh plays a part in it, and there's of course, you know, bringing a bringing of people together during some segments of this film. I would have liked to seen them bring together people that don't agree to have them actually have a discussion, people that are mutual acquaintances that can actually sit down and have a chat and not just ignore each other, not just unfriend each other. <laughs> but maybe that's one of the problems when it comes to, again, progressivism. And I find that people on the conservative side are much more open to having discussions like this. Whereas people on the progressive side of things simply will say, you are ignorant, you are an angry and a racist and a buffoon and a clown. And you only watch Fox News no matter what. you know they don't They don't know what you watch. They don't even know what you think because they're not willing to listen. And that's a component I think was missing from this film. I would have liked to see. But that being said, guys, I know I was raging on about it. I did enjoy the film. I do think it's a good because... Like I said, even if they don't know it, this film showcases everything we are talking about as far as people being stupid, having blinders on, people not acknowledging different facts, people getting in their lane and staying in that lane no matter what changes in the world. And people watching this film will probably think because of the way it's released, because it's coming out now, they should have waited until COVID was over. But people watching this film now are going to be thinking much more about COVID and how fucked this situation is with COVID than they are about climate. And that's a good thing. So check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, And uh, yeah, go for it. Um, While we're talking about things you're going to enjoy, guys... Highly recommend that you check out our Patreon where you could have seen the Dave Smith-Mike Cohen debate. You could have watched uh, Dell Bigtree and Mark. That just, uh, while I'm recording, it was actually earlier today, but I was with a sick baby. You can see all of our interviews, all of our roundtables going out live on our, well, our YouTube page, which keeps getting knocked down, but we've got locals. So we, we put those videos up there. We've got Facebook. We live stream to Facebook so you can watch it there and interact in our private group, the uh, Lions of Liberty Pride. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash lions of liberty or lions of liberty.locals. Of course, you get my morning rants every morning, except when my baby's sick mornings. So you get my morning rants, you get our uh conspiracy corners. We are just now we're getting the gang back together to do our Legion of Liberty Doom, which is me, Remzo Martinez, Howie Snowden, Dan Smots, and uh, John Odermat, We get together and uh, doom it up, baby. So make sure to check that out, guys. I guarantee it's the most, most fun you'll ever have spending $5 or more because we got different tiers and you get a lot more for a lot, uh, you know, your different tiers. You get T-shirts. You get to uh, produce a show. You get to have an advertisement on the show, even. So check that out, guys. There's a lot of different options for you. And uh, it's a Fuck of a lot of fun, and you will get more content you will ever believe from such a wonderful investment. Okay. Also, you know what I'm talking about? Also, guys, check out The Boring Podcast. I haven't mentioned this in a while, but go check it out. B-O-H-R-I-N-G. Me, Rico, Howie, and Odie. Pure comedy. Well, not pure. We've gotten, we as we've gotten a little bit away from reality TV, we've gotten a little bit more into political talk, but it's hilarious. It is absolutely unfiltered. It is absolute comedy at its best. It is uh, a bunch of schlubs being the biggest scumbags they can be. And I think you're going to love it. So check that out too. The Boring, B-O-H-R-I-N-G podcast. Go check that out anywhere. uh, Your iTunes, your Apples, your, I don't know, Androids, your podcatchers, whatever else. Okay. So let's move on to some other topics here. One thing I want to talk about, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous, was Sweden which has seen something like a 500% increase. Actually, hold on. I've got my, I got my article up right here. So there was in Sweden, something like, you know, their average murders a year, their shootings was something like 50. And now last year, I'm sorry. So there are 25 shootings in 2015. Last year, there were 342 shootings. Now, as you might have remembered from me talking about Sweden in the past, Sweden had a mass immigration push. They brought in a ton of refugees. They settled them in there. Now, this is the way I might get into a little bit with, um, I might actually talk to, uh, to Callum Nicholson and uh, Matt Kibbe about this because I'm going to have them on my show. If you guys heard, I was on Kibbe on Liberty Really fun conversation. If you missed that, please go back and listen um to that show we did, just kind of chatting about different things going on when trying to recreate a conversation we had in Austria at the Austrian Economics Conference, which was a blast. So check that out. It's a fun show. But I'm gonna have those guys back on. But I remember we were talking a little bit about just how ridiculous it is to expect people to get along peaceably. And this is a different aspect to the immigration conversation or debate overall from a libertarian perspective right so we're talking about more forced immigration not organic not even open borders immigration but where you're taking a huge segment of people and just plopping them down in the country and going okay adapt right or as more often than not happens they don't adapt and they're not frankly that happy about being there because i didn't necessarily choose to be there we're talking about the uh, insanity of that and how it's not to not to condone or forgive any of the actions, but you have uh, a ton of people that just they have trouble finding jobs. They don't speak the language. They have trouble adapting. They are having issues on issues joining a society. So you could kind of see how they might might fall back into crime. Um, I can't see how they fall into rape, but that's a lot of what's happening in Sweden is an unbelievable increase in rapes. Unbelievable increase in rapes, uh, like a sickening increase of rapes and violence against women. But on top of that, you're seeing shootings, you're seeing gangs form from what I think is a lot of, and I'm not sure exactly, basically a lot of Middle Eastern countries and some African countries were put basically put into Sweden. So those people have, like I said, whether out of organized crime mentality or out of desperation, I'm sure some of them are are adapting and, and doing all right, but just statistically speaking... A huge rise in crime, huge rise in, in gang violence, huge rise in shootings and violence and rapes. What's very funny about that, I know you're like, Brian, where's the humor? <laughs> by the way, oh, by the way, I just had a comedy show at our buddy Adam's uh, apartment. And uh, I will, uh, I'm will. i going to post that in my Patreon feed. So you'll hear that comedy set. I didn't get around to it today, but it's, it's coming. Anyway, the funny part of this is that Sweden, much as, you know, remember the 80s and the 90s, Actually, I guess it was the 90s, with the fear of gangster rap and how it was turning everybody violent and, oh my God, it's going to turn our children into gangbangers in the suburbs and all this nonsense that never happened. Warning labels and CDs and you couldn't buy the music and Nancy Reagan on TV and all this other stuff. Sweden now is following suit because some 90 year old white rapper, Island, I think his name was E-I-L-A-N, Island or something like that, some 19-year-old white rapper got shot. And so, instead of saying, oh, you know what, all of these shootings are a result of the mass immigration of people that we know virtually nothing about into our society without any sort of training, adaptation, work skills, programs, you know, plop them down here and expect them just to be perfect Swedes in a country that is, by the way, 100%, uh, basically, not monogamous. What's the word I'm thinking of? we Mono, whatever, maybe no, not monogamous. I can't think of the name of it right now. Again, tired, tired from uh, being up all day, but a monoculture, right? Everybody's white, everybody's Swedish, everybody has the same religion for the most part, everybody has the same traditions and cultures. And then plop, here you go, brand new segment of people in here. Good luck, have fun. It can't be that, right? It can't be that you imported all these people that are poor and desperate and don't really know what the fuck to do in this culture and now are going you know, a route of violence and have a a culture that's completely, by the way, the opposite of your culture. That can't be it. No, it's gangster rap. They are officially trying to spin it as though gangster rap is the plague that is overtaking Sweden, and that is why so many Swedes are getting shot. That's why our 19-year-old white Swedes are getting shot, and that's why there's so many rapes and so many others. It's just, it is the classic stupid, let's just find something slash anything to blame, and I guess in Sweden, conveniently because of the gangs that have sprung up from these new newly introduced population segments right some of whom have their own either have their own rap or have been introduced to American rap or British rap whatever it might be I guess the Swedes didn't have any real rap culture and the Nords in fact have a death metal culture which is also kind of funny but I guess you know if it's dark 14 18 hours out of the day you get depressed you want to, you know, want to bang out to some death metal but Apparently, this is the convenient boogeyman that they could point to because gangster rap wasn't really around. It wasn't really a thing until now. So good job, Swedes. Way to tackle that head on. Good job, government. Way to get ahead of that. Way to make sure that you're uh, you're not to blame, but let's blame other cultures. Let's blame black people from other cultures uh, instead of the domestic problems that you yourselves have caused. Absolutely sparkling. Sparkles and snaps, everybody. Sparkles and snaps. All right, what's next? Don't move on here. Let's talk a little bit about, oh, just real quick. So, you know, January 6th happened right between my shows. I won't go into too many details about it other than to say the bloviation from idiots like Kamala Harris, um, like any of these, these real Dems, About the threat to democracy and all this. Oh my God, it's on par with 9 11. Kamala Harris, where you'll remember where you were on 9 11 and when Pearl Harbor happened and on January 6th. No, I won't. I don't remember where I was January 6th at all. I couldn't tell you because you know what? It doesn't matter. The only reason January 6th, the only possible, the only possible way in which you could twist what happened on January 6th, which was a bunch of idiots doing something stupid. And maybe you could say that Trump goaded them on to get them there in the first place. I don't think anything in his speech, because they went in before his speech. And I would say at the urging of federal agents. Um, the only thing you, know, you could say he goaded them, I guess, to get them in this frenzied state that, that they were convinced the election was stolen. If that's true, if they were convinced the election stolen, I would say they were trying to protect democracy. By doing what they did, which, by the way, no arms were pulled. No shots were fired by any of these people in there. No firearms were bared. I guess maybe somebody used mace at some point, a bear mace at some point, right? There was uh, a cop got trampled. I don't feel good that these things happen, but to portray it as though these people had any real attempt at taking over, having a coup be successful is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And also, by the way, the cop who shot Ashley Babbitt, you know, unarmed Ashley Babbitt, uh, doesn't seem like she was doing anything in particular uh, apart from any other part of the crowd. Well, the cop shot her in the head. Dismissed. No problem. No worries. Don't worry about it, guys. We're not even going to look into it. Cool. And by the way, Michael Bolden just shared a, uh, a, 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 a nice factoid. I think it was from the LA Police Department. And it was from the LA police, police Department. And I'm just, you know, making up the number here. But it was basically something like out of the 4,000 police misdeed reports that were filed by people out there, you know, either of brutality or excess force or of wrongdoing. Do you know how many the Los Angeles police department reviewed and said were valid? Zippo none. Absolutely zero. Isn't that great? Great. The LA Police Department really took all of that marching and protesting, right? The Black Lives Matter movement. Let's hold cops accountable to fund the police. They took that to heart and they really decided they're going to look inwards and find out what they were doing that could make their policing better. Thank God, billions of dollars of damage were done thank god they burned down half the stores in fucking santa monica thank god they were beating people up in various parts of the city they were business owners thank god that they were burning cars and crashing private businesses and small businesses and looting and rioting and that our piece of shit da uh gascon let all these antifa and black lives matter riders go Thank God, because they proved a point, right? They made a message very clear to the LA Police Department that they would not let this stand. No more misdeeds, no more police brutality, no more absolute police authoritarianism and and crushing the man underfoot, right? Especially the black man. Well, apparently of the 4,000 reports that were filed by, by, by consumers, by people of all races, colors, and creed in this fair city, apparently fucking zero of them were found to be credible by the LA police department. So good job, guys. Good job out there. Good job with the marching. Good job with the uh, the Black Lives Matter, guys. Really made a great impact. Well done. Thanks for burning all those buildings down. Thanks for ruining people's lives. Big impact. Well done. <sighs> Got off track. All right, getting back to it. Long story short, if you think that January 6th was anything comparable to 9 You are fundamentally removed from reality. You don't exist in the same plane. Your brain is unreachable. You are in a pit of stupidity so deep that no amount of digging, no no ladders, no ropes, no elevators even can get you out of that pit. You're done. Live with the Morlocks underground. You are a mole person. That's it. January 6th was a blip best forgotten. The only threat to democracy it posed was to give the government the power to go after quote-unquote extremists, to monitor everything that we're doing, to try to track us, which of course the vaccines and the vaccine passports is a good way to do that, to give government more authority through the NDAA and other Patriot Act-like bills, to give Joe Biden his uh, what is his plan to use social media companies to monitor Americans and what we say and what we do and where we go because everybody shares everything now. That's the threat to democracy. And that's what was delivered on a silver platter when these idiots rushed in there. There you go. Speaking of people in a pit of stupidity so deep, Justice Sotomayor, oh my God. They're hearing the Supreme Court is hearing arguments the oral arguments on whether or not vaccine mandates are legal constitutional especially with osha right in the workplace specifically taking place in the workplace now in the midst of these arguments right these verbal or oral arguments justice sotomayor who has gotten out there saying she's a wise latina right you know yeah that's that was her big selling point wise latina which you'd think a wise latina would be listening to people, would actually know what the fuck she was talking about, would actually have some semblance of data points or science to fall back on, would actually watch news or have some people that would give her a briefing document before she went into a decision-making process that could impact the lives of millions of Americans. But apparently none of that is true. Either that or she watched MSNBC about two years ago and then just stopped watching. Because she said that right now, there's about a hundred thousand kids in hospitals because of COVID. Right now, today. Now that number actually is, I think, over the entire t- entire COVID, it's only like three thousand, three hundred kids, right? And we had Fauci, as I mentioned earlier in the show, literally just saying. All the stats coming out on kids being hospitalized with COVID should not be paid attention to. These are these are not real stats. There are not children filling up ICU beds. And as I mentioned, the kids that are going in there, I assure you, are going in because their parents bring them in and they're there and they're out. They're out in a day. <laughs> they're out in, a, in a two hours. It's just parents freaking out because they've been brainwashed and propagandized to the point where they think their kid's going to die if they get post, tested positive for COVID. So they rush into the hospital. I know a bunch of people whose kids test positive for COVID. A bunch. A friend of mine, her kid just had COVID. He's fine. (laughs) A day of sniffles. He's fine. But he tested positive. So she's out there. This woman who's supposed to be, you know, one of the top legal minds, one of the top uh, intellectual minds of our day, in a position where she is on there now for life, spouting 100% wrong, 100% ignorant of As I said, science, data, basic medical fact, ignorant of reality during the oral arguments for something that could decide the fate of millions of Americans. If this bitch didn't have a lifelong assured position she could not be fired from, she would be fired today. She would be gone, out on her ass, bye-bye. That's an inexcusable gap. For you not to know the basics of what you're talking about is astounding. Not only that, but she doubled down it. I was just reading an article today. She apparently doesn't know the difference between state and federal powers. You're on the Supreme Court. She doesn't understand the difference between a state policing presence and a federal policing presence. She thinks that the federal policing presence applies in the workplace for OSHA and vaccine mandates, that you can have a policing power over this. Now, there's something called the 10th Amendment. I mentioned my buddy, Michael Bolden, over the 10th Amendment seminar. Go check him out. Go throw him some, some shekels. He's doing good work. He might have a little something to say about that. Because the 10th Amendment kind of gets in the way of that, right? Powers between the states and the federal government, pretty well defined. And if they're not defined, those are the powers of the state. Sotomayor doesn't know that. So not only does she make one absolutely indefensibly ignorant comment, but the next day, the very next day, showcases how little she knows or how little she cares. This is the state of thing. This is why, you know, I, I mean, i become very disillusioned with the Constitution. I'm sure many of you have as well. It's not going to protect us. It can be changed. You have idiots like Sotomayor who don't know what they're talking about, haven't done the research, haven't done the basics of the research on these topics that they're weighing in on. And yet they're making decisions for all of America. And so many times now with our government and and the, the diversiveness, uh, the divisiveness that's happening with Joe Biden trying to get rid of the filibuster along with the Democrats to force through bills, despite the fact that we have these checks in place, right? I'd like the, the ratio be much higher. I think 60 votes is too low. They're trying to get rid of any deal making. They're trying to get ram shit through. And the Supreme Court's supposed to be the backstop, right? That's the one thing that's going to stop these crazy psychopaths from running roughshod over everybody in their path if they have the slimmest majority. And basically, you know, tyranny of the majority. The backstop's supposed to be that Supreme Court. And this these are the people that are supposed to protect us. Unbelievably, just, uh, oh, Look, I'm white billed on, on what's happening and I think this is going to actually help rather than hurt because as I've been saying, we need to find different ways to create a cultural liberty. That's why when I talk about what I'm going to be doing with the show, rebranding it, I'm trying to put into practice what I'm, what I'm preaching. I want to have a show that's going to be teaching more, that's going to be inspiring more, that's going to create the culture that we want to see rather than just me bitching about stuff. I will still bitch about stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I want to talk about impacting culture creating culture and pointing out how we can discuss things and tweak things and turn things to try to make them for the better because when you see stuff like this you can't have any faith in government to save us you can't have faith in the supreme court to save us that much is clear so all that's left is creating a culture wherein. It doesn't get to this point where we don't have this type of problem, where we don't allow governments to eliminate filibusters and, and run roughshod when they have a, a slim majority, where we have a culture of understanding and conversation and debate rather than polarized, blinders on, racing towards the cliff at high velocity. And God knows if anything's going to work out. Okay. Oh, getting tired. Um, <laughs> just uh, another thing. I, I don't know if you saw Rand Paul and, uh, and Fauci jousting the Fauci joust, but Rand really hammered Fauci today. And it was hilarious. It was awesome. Uh, Rand exposes him for the hack he is. And of course, Fauci and Rand adequately put forth and uh, sh- damn, I don't know my Rand Pauluses and Minuses stings queued up. If you don't know, we used to do a, a segment, Mark and I, it was a show called Rand Pauluses and Minuses, where we just go through what Rand Paul's doing, but uh, he's been on point. He's been jousting with Fauci. And basically he said, look, you know, Fauci, all you do, anytime I criticize, you never answer any of the actual questions. You never answer any of the data points. You never answer or even debate what I'm bringing up. All you do is turn it and attack the other way, which is what he does every time. Anytime Rand criticizes him, he, Fauci goes, why are you making this an, you're making this an attack on me and on, on science? I'm doing like a Bernie Sanders Fauci. This is an attack on me and it's an attack on science. You're you trying to get me killed, Rand. And he holds up a, a hashtag #FireFauci picture from Rand Paul's website. He came, Fauci came to this meeting, printed out a picture of Rand Paul's fundraising website that said #FireFauci, and literally said, "You're trying to get me killed by putting this on your website." This is like when those fucking journalists were crying that they were going to get murdered because Donald Trump said they were the enemy of the people, which they are, which they are. Fauci brings a printout of Rand Paul's website. Does that sound like a man who wants to get into the scientific merits of his failed policies? Does that sound like a man that wants to in any way talk about the policies that he has in place? Obviously not. Obviously not. Another thing, by the way, Rand Paul did, he introduced the FDA Modernization Act. This is great. Basically, what he wants to do is eliminate the need. Like for FDA, like I work with a lot of pharma companies and they have to go through an unbelievable process, right? You guys probably know this out there, but they have to go in an unbelievable process of... Testing clinical trials on, you know, first you go through these clinical trials, then you go to the animal trials, then you go to human trials. You go, there's trials on trials and trials and trials. It takes years and years and years to get anything past. Billions of dollars spent. Rand Paul's act basically points out that animal testing almost has zero positive impact, you know, a positive effect, positive indications of how a drug will react within the human system. We're too different. Right. And I was reading the stats. On this. It's something like, you know. difference like 80% of these drugs that have no problem in animals fail when they're tested on humans so what's the point of testing on animals other than if you like to torture animals in which case get into bestiality have some fun and everybody has a little fun otherwise you're just torturing animals for no good reason of course we know Fauci likes that by the way we know Fauci likes to have beagles just get feasted on by fleas because he's a horrible monster but Rand Paul wants to eliminate that and basically said, look, let's use technology. We've got computer models that can do it more adequately. You can have different ways in which to find it, whether or not these drugs are going to work before you get into human trials. Why are we wasting time and billions of dollars on all of these clinical trials and all this other shit and animal testing? Let's streamline it. It's not just from Rand Paul, by the way, he teamed up with Cory Booker again. Tell like the first step act. That's good to see. What do you know? People from across the aisle actually doing stuff that matters that can impact people in a positive manner. Shocking to see but maybe it's an indication. Maybe that's, that's your white pill for this episode. Last couple things. Actually, just one more thing, uh, then I'm going to wrap it up. Cause I am a tired, but too funny. Australia can't be footloose in Australia. Can't work out in Australia. You're not, if you're and you're Australian, you're not allowed to work out, not allowed to, uh, get your, your electives. You're not allowed to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> this is if you're unvaccinated. Now, I don't know if that means remote work. I know in the United States, people were legitimately getting fired because they were unvaccinated, even though they were th- even though they're working remotely. But in Australia, they're making it official. Now, remember, there was something pretty funny where you know uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, who's unvaccinated, was being you know denied a visa for quite some time until it became such a public relations nightmare that they eventually conceded. But it's just too funny. And then on top of this, Australian state bans dancing. Dancing. You can't go footloose. Hey, mate. You want to go footloose? I can't go footloose. i foot footloose. i foot footloose. Kick off my Sunday shoes. I don't know. I don't have anything better for that. <laughs> Slam a can of fosters on your head kick off your shoes, throw a shrimp on the Barbie, and then uh, invite Kevin Bacon over to, uh, I don't know, fight a crocodile, punch a kangaroo in the face, get in his pouch, see if it feels like a vagina, whatever it might float your boat. I don't know, guys. That's going to do it for the show. Check out Burning Daylight. B-U-R-N-I-N. Burning Daylight with our pal Matt McKinley. Otherwise, guys, check out our Patreon. Subscribe, rate the show, and go jump on the new line or new Electric Liberty Land solo feed. I am going to be uh, putting out One of my classic episodes, a great interview with, if you haven't heard of him, uh, with kind of playing his name too. CJ, oh, my brain's melted. It's gone. It's gone. I Fuck it. I'm done this episode. (laughs) I'm too too fucking tired. Uh, Whatever. You'll find out when it's up there. Just go fucking subscribe to the the goddamn feed, please, and uh, give it a review. Like I said, there's going to be some older episodes I'm going to re- uh, re-put those back out there and I'm going to be putting out some bonus content for you on that feed as well, some extra stuff as uh, as it pops into the old Gordy Gord here. So enjoy it. From me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty. <laughs>